0: And welcome back to episode eight of the Unpaid and Underrated Podcast, a podcast by crew for crew. I am one of your guests. uh, I am one of your hosts, Big Keith. I am joined by a fellow co-host this week, not Big Joey. It's actually Big Kevin from a previous episode. And everybody, Big Kevin here. And we will have a guest on shortly, Big Jeff.
1: Hey, everybody. Big Jeff here
0: guys. Okay. So, let's get things off, guys. It's a little uh it might be a little uh draggy this week. Joey's been doing the intro of the last couple of weeks, so let's uh I will do my best. Uh, sorry, I'm struggling here with my zoom and my notes. Okay, here we go. First topic, what is everyone wearing tonight on this beautiful day? Big Kevin, what you wearing, buddy?
2: So, I got on the uh curl shirt. Uh I just got it at the Arnold this year, and that has quickly become one of my go-to Mathesonautics shirts. Really liking it. Good to hear. What about you, Big Jeff? What what you got on, buddy?
1: Oh, I'm wearing the Don't Curl in Me shirt, even though I understand that joke is a little bit played out. At this point, you know, it's kind of run its course, but I'm still a big fan of the Don't Curl in Me shirt. Uh, It's one of the shirts that started it all for me. It was probably part of my first order. Uh, back from when I first heard about Mastonomics. I can tell you more about that if you guys want. But, um, yeah, sporting the don't curl in me today.
0: Yeah, we'll get to that later once we actually start that interview, buddy. All right. And drinking. What's everybody drinking tonight? Uh, I'll start. Okay, so I'm actually not drinking a Wegmans uh, orange drink this week, but I got some bubbly off Amazon, a nice multi-pack. So I'm drinking a mango bubbly. So still in the orange family, but uh, not orange.
2: And I'm out of sparkling water, so I'm actually drinking a ginger ale this week. And what, just so everyone gets the uh full visual picture, Big Keith here is wearing a Huge Life shirt. I am.
0: I forgot to do that, man. So I am uh I was talking to guys earlier before we started recording. I, I kind of feel that I'm more of the uh the color commentary, not necessarily the play by play guy. So I'm uh, you know, doing my best. But let's have some fun with this. Yes, the Huge Life shirt. It is a good one and uh big jeff what are you drinking
1: yeah all color commentary this week three john madden's no past summer all but that's right will, <laughs> we'll survive uh yeah let's open this up and see what it sounds like this is a uh pure aqua belle via that will be the aldi house sparkling water and we got a grapefruit flavor today delicious uh save money live better
0: Nice. I've never had the. Uh, I mean, I I go to Aldi, Aldi's maybe once a year, so I've never. Uh, is that is it like significantly cheaper? Because I, I figure if it was like if it, if it was on par with like general sparkling water prices, I probably wouldn't go out of my way to get there. But if it's like thirty cents a can or something, probably would try it out.
1: Uh it's pretty. It's- yeah, it's it's a little bit less. It's not like shockingly cheap, but it's it's probably Kirkland prices, but you can buy eight or twelve instead of you know forty eight. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. So news in some massonomics world this
0: week that a little little follow up on uh, maybe two weeks episode, two episodes ago of the uh, is Dante Culpepper actually a member of massonomics gym? I'm personally in the belief that it's just a running bit that uh, one of the hosts is just getting a chuckle out of. Uh, But recently on the Instagram, he did Mm -hmm. post a a, a nameplate specifically for Dante Culpepper on a locker. But uh, I think I saw the locker, like, on a, in, a, in a different video in the background, and it looked like the locker right underneath the TV. So I'm of the belief that it's just like a like a, a catch-all locker, possibly, not necessarily someone's individual locker. But what do you guys think? Do you think Mr. Culpepper is actually a member of Massonomics Gym?
2: Uh, I, I think uh, where they are in the country, it would not be unreasonable for uh... – for them to have found uh, some used Minnesota Viking or I'm not sure where Culpepper went to college, but to, to find some used lockers they would have had. I actually have something similar in my gym right now. Uh, I picked up some lockers that were actually from some other local high school. And now I got lockers my, uh, in the gym that I keep all my stuff in. And I had some, uh, uh, no names, but I had like a number six and a number 12 sticker really prominently on there. So I think the same thing probably could have happened at the Massonomics gym.
1: Possibly, yeah. This is a particular intrigue to me. I can tell you where I went to college. You went to UCF, which is where I went to college, which is why Mm. I always chime in whenever that comes up. And yeah, I would like to believe that he is a member there, um, and that you know maybe he'll be he'll be on the podcast one day. But I, like you, Keith, probably think that they picked up some you know salvage gear from a viking sailor or something like that uh but yeah i i enjoy that bit because it's got a little personal uh personal personal factor being alumni from UCF like me
0: i now now dante would be a pretty yoked powerlifter if i recall right he was about a six four, two fifty 250 quarterback he was what, yeah, like he was dude. yeah he was uh, you know late 90s early 2000s he was mm-hmm. not necessarily your uh you know your, your 6'2 220 kind of uh you know skinny quarterback back there he was he was a big man so uh I don't know. I think he's it's, he's definitely benching 315. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, like Big Jeff over here.
1: That's right. <laughs> recent, recent inductee.
0: Yes, sir. So how's the, uh, have you guys any, oh, okay. So Kevin, have, have you guys been hitting it? Have you been getting any of that uh, wildfire smoke coming from Canada? Because I know New York has been getting smoked, right? like I literally, it's been brutal up here.
2: Uh, it's not been too bad, but it, it's enough that it's noticeable. You know, it was really hazy all today. And, uh, my wife actually works at a daycare, so, like, they didn't, like, let the kids play outside today, just out yeah. of, you know, overabundance of caution. Yeah, that makes sense. I want to say they they canceled most, like, local, acti- uh,
0: any, any outside activity the last couple of days has pretty much been, well, anything that's, like, state-funded or anything like that, anything that someone could get in trouble for has been canceled, uh, but yeah, it was, it was a three days ago. We was just driving back from work before I actually like opened my phone and saw anything about it. And it was just like, why is it literally like just hazy out? And then my wife had told me about it. And then it's been kind of the talk of the town in the last two or three days. And, uh, it's, it definitely like for the past 48 hours, today's cleared up a little bit, but it's just been you just walk outside and you're like, wow, it's just a, it's a campfire out there. And then you're like, oh, it's just, you know, and everyone's like, oh, what's the big deal? And I'm like, well, it's not just trees burning, man. There's like there's houses and signage and like how you know, much plastic and stuff is burning right now. That's not just a little, a little bit of wood smoke in the air. It's some very toxic. I think New York City was like had like four times the amount of whatever whatever the index is for how bad the air is. Whatever number two was was like a hundred, and New York City was like four hundred
2: uh, yesterday. So that was a uh, pretty pretty scary. Yeah, Big Murph gave us some. uh some good pictures from, from where she's at in the DC area. And she said that they were, they were code maroon and I didn't even know it went past code red. There's two levels that go past that. There was purple and then maroon. So like they're, you know, that, that's as bad as it gets, I guess. You would think just either
0: letters or numbers would make more sense. Wouldn't it? Like just something that would be like a color coded scale I mean, other than just like green and red, like like when you get all these different cues in there, wouldn't that just make it extra confusing rather than just like like it's 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 a you know it's a one two three four five scale whatever it is. But uh, speaking of pictures, did you guys get on get in on any of that drink spotter light picture fun that uh, one of the hosts was asking for in the Discord?
1: I did not. No, my my drink spotter light is still waiting order. I'm waiting for some other apparel items to come up that I want to grab. So I'm I'm not part of the fun yet on that one.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. I saw it and I was just like, man, I really should go get some pictures. I don't remember what it like basically by the time I saw it, there was already like 50 pictures posted. And I was like, okay, well, those are all good. What original posts can I come up with? And I was like, all right, I see a lawnmower, I see a wall like like everything that I had quick, easy access to. That I didn't have to like do something elaborate or like have take take with me to work or something. I was like, all right, everything's been taken care. Of. Everything's already been taken a picture of. So I'm uh, gonna go ahead and pass on that one. Um, let's see. We are officially 44 days out from the meet, guys. How, how's it? i know, Am I the only one doing? I know. I know. Big Kevin's not making it out. What about you, Jeff? Were you making it out to Aberdeen this year summer?
1: Not to this one. We got some other things going on. They're just gonna make it tough to travel uh tough to tough to get out of the area so uh i'm hoping maybe there's some way that those of us outside the area can can participate virtually or i'm sure the discord will be blowing up and there'll be a lot going on so i'll do i'll do some lifts in honor of everybody else at the uh, lift hard live easy but what about you keith so you're definitely going there you're definitely um participating oh, yeah. how's it going uh, oh
0: yeah so i think i'm in i don't know what are we like seven weeks out six and a half weeks out as far as training so mm-hmm. i'm i did a. Uh, I historically I've always done like a 12 to 10 week prep but we found like more recently with my coach an 8 to 9 week prep has just been better like i just you know there's not i mean there's a little bit there obviously there's a difference between like my off season and my prep but like not just beating my body up for 3 months you know t- t- 2 months to a, 2 and a quarter months is just enough to uh, still be able to peak fine and not just be completely destroyed but yeah i'm hitting some big numbers uh for me at least uh you know a lot a lot of my like rpe 8 sets are either you know whatever my my coach gives me like a a weight range and an assigned RPE so I typically will push it to the max as long as it's within that you know RPE but if it's a if it's a, if I'm having a good day regardless of what the RPE is I'm still going to take the high number like like tomorrow is uh is my birthday lift party so it's not my actual birthday my birthday is next Wednesday but it's my I do a lift party where I just literally I'm hoping to have about nine people down here uh, if all goes as planned uh and I've got a double on deadlifts with no RPE cap so I'm probably going to have some fun and pull something heavy, but you know, with, with, within reason, because I still obviously have to finish my taper and peak for another six weeks. So, uh, I'm not going to blow my wad too hard, but you know, four or five for a double wad to happen. And that's kind of my, I'm optimistic that, that, that that'll happen tomorrow. But in general, yeah, my, my bench is feeling great. Squats feeling pretty good. Uh, my only real goal for the meet is to hit a bench PR. Like that's what I want to want to, want uh, if I walk away with a meet bench PR and considering the, the travel and the potential <laughs> zoo shenanigans the night before, if we end up going out any the night before at all, uh, if I walk away with one PR and just don't bomb out, I'll be very happy, but uh, it will be awesome to uh, get a bigger crowd out there next year. If, uh, if this ends up being a thing.
1: Yeah. yeah I'm really looking yeah, you forward pull to some of those big. Yeah. Go ahead. Kevin.
2: I would say, I'm really looking forward to it too. I can't go this year. I'm hoping to get, get to it next year, but um, you know, I'd already had this whole, you know, meat prep, uh, program that I had set up for myself. And so I'm still going to, uh, you know, peak for that, that day and that weekend. Uh, I'm going to have, uh, some friends and cousins and they were in the area come over and they're going to try and pull some big numbers too. So we're just still in meat prep mode and just like Jeff said earlier, we're going to try to do something virtually and just, you know, maybe sh- share some videos on the discord with everybody else.
0: That sounds like it'll be a blast. I know though there should be a good live stream. <laughs> I, th- I, I think one of the hosts said there will be a live stream. I don't think he committed to being a good live stream just because, you know, there's only so much uh, effort you can put into that when you're actually still trying to host the meet and put the meet on and all that fun stuff. But uh, we might be seeing some massonomic singlets if they can uh, get the new ones d- delivered in time. I know they uh, just had a recent batch they were all excited about. And there was uh, – I heard there was something wrong with the uh, – how it displayed the crotch, I believe, is what the uh, the final verdict was. It was just, you know, the legs were a little bit too long and the crotch was a little bit too small. So they'll have to
2: work on that and see if they can't get it figured out. Yeah, I'm still waiting for, like, you know, at least a dozen people to all be wearing, like, exact matching outfits and, like, pointing at each other like the Spider-Man meme. <laughs> yeah, that'd be classic. That would be really good.
1: Yeah. I'm interested in a live stream. Do, do they have the bandwidth for that in Aberdeen? What What's the internet situation out there? Can they handle a major streaming event like that.
0: I imagine the bandwidth would be better at the ice rink than it would have been the American in or the American, mm-hmm. however you pronounce it. I never I don't I, I I kept reading it and I was like, how do you actually say that? That that pun hotel name? I don't get it. Mm-hmm. So anything jumping out at you guys you want to touch
1: on? Yeah
2: hey, well uh you know speaking of uh you know uh small dong pouches have you guys heard about Massonomics? Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite parts of Massonomics is the contest that they put on. Um, and it's something that we actually get to participate in as supporting members all the time. Uh, few a few times a year, they put on a fun contest and give the followers a chance to win prizes like gift card or Frankenstein apparel, custom artwork, or checks of various sizes. In the past, there have been meme contests and a few different themed video contests. I myself actually podiumed in two different contests, and uh, they have two contests coming up this summer, uh, and I actually have the inside scoop on one of them. We actually talked about a little bit right now, and that's actually the Lift Hard Live Easy uh, Powerlifting Meet that takes place on July 22nd in western northeast South Dakota. I have no idea on the other contests yet, so stay tuned. So thank you, Maths and and you know what they say, come for the beer-parody lifting apparel and stay for the active online community of like-minded lifters.
0: That was a very good sponsor read. We'll get I, if it was something we did on our episode, I'd give you two cool beans just for that sponsor read alone. Um, let's see. So I feel that we had some really good feedback from last week's episode. I feel that it was uh, might have been the the, the most meme worthy uh, episode we've had so far. And the most like some, some, some catchphrases and taglines and whatnot. I just, uh, did you guys enjoy listening to those this week? Didn't, and I think one of you guys said that you kind of saw all the memes before you saw, heard the episode. So, uh, any, any funny stories or anything of just how you like the first time you heard it or received, the uh, s- s-
2: some of the funny bits from last week? Uh, I was laughing out loud listening to that. So I, I saw the memes come through. I, I saw Joey in front of like some NASCAR. I'm like, oh, that looks kind of funny. He's got a pit vipers on. He looks kind of like America. You know, which is funny because he's Canadian, but then I actually heard it and that he thought that roll tide was a NASCAR thing when the tide car would roll over. And I-, I was dying at that. I told my wife about it. She cracked up and the, uh, the whole platypus bit, like basically I think what we're revealing here on, on this unpaid and underrated podcast is besides lifting, none of us really know much about anything. Um, but I do have a, a follow up on, uh, from I think that's two episodes ago now, uh, on Ace Ventura Pet Detective. I still have not seen it, <laughs> but I do know what a platypus is. Yeah. Well, you got me beat there because I,
0: dude, when I, when I looked at the picture of it, like I was like, that can't be real. Like the beak and the paws are so shiny that it's like, it's almost like a plastic look. I just, I and, and and it's not like I saw it and I was like, oh, I've seen that before like a hundred times. I just didn't know what it was called. Like, I was like, I don't think I've ever seen that or have any reference of that in my entire thirty eight years of existence. Wow. So that was uh, it's it's that's not the first thing I think I've learned on this podcast. It's just it's funny. Uh, do you guys have those experiences where you kind of like it's something you just you just somehow lived your whole life without knowing or or knowing that it was that's what it was called. And then that's all you see for the next like month. It's just like once mm-hmm. it's once once it's once it's instilled in your brain of what it is. It's just like oh, oh okay déjà vu because that's now I know what that is. Now it's just I've been I, I haven't had that moment yet, but I assuming next time I see a platypus, I'll be like oh yeah yeah apparently it's been in front of me this whole time. Uh, speaking of stuff being in front of me, my wife gave me a pretty awesome early birthday present. I got the new 28. Well, so it's not the new 29 millimeter Texas Power Bar, but I'm fine with that because they don't have those in Cerakote. So she got me a a nice orange Cerakote Texas Power Bar for the gym. So very excited with that. Uh, I was, was very much on the fence. Like I wasn't going to buy it myself just because... I know Ceraco doesn't hold up well. And it's just going to get beat to crap and all chipped up. So I didn't want to drop four hundred dollars on a bar that was going to get chipped up. But I did have it on my uh, wish list that she has access to, and you know, she basically couldn't hold out any longer. And she knew I was having this lift party this weekend. She was like, "Hey, I got a present. You know, there's a present for you in the garage." And you know, it was uh it was, it was a winner. I was very happy with that. She's a keeper. Oh, that's our that's for sure. <laughs> so far, I think we're uh, I don't know. It's 2000, however long 2006 was ago, uh, whatever, whatever that is in, you know, platypus years.
1: You got me beat by one year.
0: Oh, nice. Nice. So, okay. Let's do, we've got a, uh, well, how to, what do we, yeah, i sorry. So we have a relatively new segment we're going to get to real quick. It's where we uh go over last week's massonomics episode. Uh, we're going to give it some JD powers, however we feel about it. You know, this is your honest opinion. No matter what, give me your honest opinion. And uh, last week's episode, we had Ryan Lapidat from uh, Famous from King of the Lifts.
2: Uh, what about you, Kevin? Did you, did you get a chance to listen to last week's episode? Yeah, I haven't finished it completely yet, um, but I'm about—I think I'm about halfway through the interview right now. And uh, I had to double check my uh, my playback speed. Normally, I listen at one point two, and it seems like Ryan likes to talk really quickly and. I thought I must have been in like the 2.5 playback speed while, while he was going, but I got used to it pretty quickly. Um, you know, he's sounds like he's really excited about what he does. And, um, I didn't know he's been around as long as, uh, you know, 2016 as the, the guys from the other podcast have been. But, uh, so with all that said, I, I think I got to give it a, a 5.0 JD Powers. That's a good rating. That's a solid rating. We'll have to add that to this. Now,
0: did you start the spreadsheet like I asked you to last yes. week? Yes. Yes. I nice. got the
2: spreadsheet going. Nice. My mayor. Be want to find that. the mean, median, and mode of,
0: of all these nice. other ratings. And what about you, Big Jeff? What are you going to give last week's episode with Lapidat?
1: Yeah, I, I enjoyed it as well. I also, I think I listened about one and a half speed, which is very fast. And I have to admit, since I started doing that, my comprehension goes down and my recollection goes down. But I definitely remember the interview. Um, I, it was interesting. I, somebody said Ryan is Canadian. Is that correct?
0: Yes. Yeah, yes.
1: Because his, I mean, his accent, his manner of speaking, I thought he was straight out of like you know Brooklyn or something like that. I mean, he's had a very big <laughs> accent the other way he spoke. But uh, interesting. Again, his history, like Kevin was saying, all the names that he dropped, you know, kind of incredible. The the amount he's seen in his time commentating and that story about him, um, you know, starting to work with the IPF and then starting to work work to comment was very uh, uh, was very cool. Uh, you know, I like to leave a little bit of room for what else is out there. I'm going to give it a solid 4.0, J.D., and, uh, you know, it was, it was great, great podcast. Hey, it's uh, Big Nate here. Um, I just wanted to take a quick moment to address the elephant in the room. Uh, Big Jeff did give episode 376 of the Massonomics podcast a four J.D. Power & Associates Awards. Um, he has since redacted his erroneous rating uh, and issued the following notes app apology i'm sorry all right thanks big jeff and from the crew over here at the unpaid and underrated podcast we do want to again apologize for the error and the guest who gave the incorrect rating has been sacked all right back to the show all right i don't
0: know i don't know if that's allowed in this bit but we'll uh i guess we'll let you get away with it this week and we'll uh see if we can't make up for that so i liked it it was a good episode i wish uh King of the Lifts, Ryan, would have uh, talked a little shit about two white lights and got a little more of a rivalry, you know. I, I kind of feel I, I can see why the other host likes doing it, because it is funny to stir the pot, like to just get some some rivalry going, get some banter going between, you know, two different uh, opposing forces. So, Rahe, he uh, didn't really have anything negative to say about anyone. So, for that, I'll have to go ahead and uh, maybe d- 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 deduct a little bit of points. But uh, I think I'll go ahead and give it a six jd's to offset you know jeff's four for this week and uh yeah that's where we're at so make sure you guys tune into massonomics podcast Uh, preferably it's it'd be the you know your second most listened to podcast of the week but uh you know i i I personally you know selfishly would like you to listen to ours first if you get the chance but uh you know if you have to listen to theirs first just because it comes out a day early you know i understand if you got nothing else to do so let's see we are at that time i think we're going to go ahead and dive right in with our guest questions so we kind of uh informally had jeff you know introduce himself but this is the big jeff session of the podcast so welcome big jeff how are you doing buddy
1: oh very good thanks for having me it's an honor to be on the unpaid and underrated podcast
0: thank you we're glad to have you It was uh, was kind of a little work in progress I, i i'm a very ocd person and i like to plan ahead and i reached out to jeff and a couple other uh one another guy and you know, I got like some, oh, I'm pretty sure I can make it, but I'm not sure. And then I said so that I went ahead and reached out to another person. And then Jeff did confirm back. And then I was just like, oh, let me just uh, start a group chat. And these guys can fight it out a death magic gets on first. But uh, we got that all squared away. I just I need to be a little bit more like Joey sometimes just go with the flow. But I feel like other people need to be a little bit more, little bit more like me and be a little more prepared in general. But that's just my way of looking at things in general. So, Big Jeff, I got a really important question. Was your wife excited when you came up after your thing? You know, today or in the past? (laughs) Yeah,
1: I see. It's a big hit job. This is that's right off the bat, starting right with this. Um, Actually, you you reaching out ahead of time and just connecting with her and asking her some questions and kind of getting her informed about the podcast was an incredible help because I could tell her today, "Hey, my thing starts in about twenty minutes." Instead of I would be up after my thing, which (laughs) you know that doesn't mean anything um yeah that whole thing you know I, th- I think i think it was big joey who really captured it the best with the um bart simpson i didn't do a boy meme <laughs> is you know sort of how i feel with all that um and i think at the end of that episode bart wound up getting out of it because something else came in you know it was like the new i didn't do a boy so maybe big joey's roll tide is the new you know up <laughs> after my thing and we just start working on that for a little while
0: the rule tide was pretty classic last week. So yeah, that was definitely, uh, I think a lot of people, if anyone wasn't fam- familiar with Big Jeff at that point in the Discord, if it was just someone, if it was, if you were just like a casual Discord guy and you weren't in there every day, uh, or reading every post, I think for a solid few days. And I mean, it pretty much like, you know, ran Discord for a minute. And then I, I say it probably comes up once a week, at least now. Like there's not there's not a week that goes by in the past few months that that someone hasn't said a reference to up after his thing or I'll be up after my thing, et cetera. So we appreciate a good little running joke like that. So we were glad you were able to contribute that to us. And if no one's familiar with what we've been talking about, so on the other podcast, because really if you weren't listening to uh, if you're not if you're not a sporting member and you are not actually on the live Discord uh, where The two hosts uh let everyone else listen in uh so i think it might have even been but before they started to record uh jeff somehow ended up not being muted uh back when one of the hosts was still getting their feet wet on zoom and uh, who who they were blocking permissions to and uh jeff just signed right in and didn't even click anything i don't believe it's just like he just didn't realize his his mic was hot and we just caught him you know mid-sentence talking to his wife about you know saying hey i'll be up right after my thing and you know, there was 20 or 30 of us in the chat that like heard it live and just immediately started rolling. And uh, I don't think it actually did it actually, no, it, it didn't make it on the actual podcast, but enough of us heard it. And it just, it'll live on it in, infamously via that. So that, uh, it does, we,
1: we, it does really, really infamy.
0: In. So, big Kev, you got anything you want to ask Jeff? Any of these questions? Uh, anything you wanted to, to, to know about Mr. Jeff? Yeah.
2: So we'll just, uh, dive right in here. Um, Okay, so we got so Keith slid into I think it was your wife's DMs. Um, so, you know he's got a I think Scant actually has to watch out for Keith. Keith keeps going into all these these women's DMs here. So in my defense, uh, I have cool. asked permission
0: for most of them, or because <laughs> half the time it's like sometimes I'm like, oh okay, let's click on their profile picture and right. then the wife's tag. But then other yep. people like they're just you know I I, I couldn't find Jeff's uh, wife actually at first, so he had, to, he, had to, he had to point me in the right direction.
1: She's not terribly so, active. She would have she would have never seen it if I wouldn't told her. Hey, some dude is going to randomly reach out and ask you a bunch of questions.
2: Go go check your hidden messages where all those uh yeah those those bots come in and try to sell you Bitcoin and steroids. So speaking of uh, taking steroids, you you went almost that route. Uh, so we heard that you were once a 140 pound man, and you went on the Hagomad diet. You drank half a gallon of milk a day to bulk up to this this beefcake that we have before us now.
1: I did. I did. That was uh that that was, I guess, the benefit of getting some coaching. I mean, you know, I spend many, many years just trying different stuff in the gym, in and out of the gym. My my sort of natural body type, if I didn't do anything and, you know, didn't attempt to count how much I eat or lift weights, you know, I you know, 130, 140 pound skinny fat just kind of you know, not a whole lot of definition, not not a whole lot to speak of. Um, and probably the reason I struggled and failed in the gym year after year was probably just not eating enough, right? I'm not not a big eater, don't have a huge appetite. Even now I struggle, you know, if I'm trying to bulk up and, and eat a lot of food. So yeah, coach, I had at the time said, you know, pretty much, well, you're not going to lift anything if you don't start putting some weight on and uh, you should probably start drinking like half a gallon of whole milk a day. So here I am. 36 probably at the time no business really eating like that or consuming food like that but uh you know packing a couple shakers of milk to bring to work and throw in the fridge and drink for the day and a couple more you know shakers when I get home and of course still working out so making protein shakes with whole milk on it and all that kind of stuff um go out and visit family you know and that was that was like a, another running joke with family for a while with my in-laws they'd be buying milk for me. No, I'm not doing that anymore. You know, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with all this. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, just up and down the drain. But yeah, I was uh, definitely on the half a gallon of milk a day for a while. Um, definitely has me to the point now where I'm trying to cut the waistline back just a little bit. Um, you know, not the cleanest way, but also probably wouldn't be anywhere near as strong as I am right now. Uh, if I hadn't just sort of jumped in and did that dirty bulk because just, just needed it, needed the change.
2: So, so I think came. I heard you saying there that you were uh, uh you were 36 when you really got serious about lifting.
1: Uh, probably about that, yeah. Uh, okay. 20, well, What got you into
2: 2018, it?
1: 2018, 2019. Um, you know, again, sort of always aspired to be more athletic, to be stronger, to you know, always sort of watch sports and, and was into it, but never had the opportunity to feel like I was part of it. Um, you know, as you guys know, my my day job is as a financial planner. And so uh, the company I was at, we would do some events sometimes at, you know, different sporting events, golf events, things like that. Um, most of my clientele was retired clients at the time. And of course, I wore a suit most days to work. So you didn't really know what my body looked like because, you know, I was, I was dressed up going to work, long sleeves, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm at an event one day and we're hosting a few clients there. One of my clients gets here, 70-year-old man, and, uh, you know, he comes over and, and we kind of have that exchange where like we think we know each other. Obviously I know who he is. Shakes my hand, says, Oh, Jeff, sorry. I didn't recognize you without your suit on. You look a little smaller. And uh I think the president of the bank was there um with us and you know, he and I got along, but he's one one to kind of give you a hard time. So uh he was giving me a little hard time about it as well. And uh that was pretty much it. You know, like a uh, switch flipped in my head, you know, the rage just started to build inside of me. This this seventy year old man. me i was looking small that day and uh you know i i went out and i probably the next day actually signed up for a boot camp class um and and did some of that for a while that was not really that was cool because it got me introduced to some stuff that i hadn't done before got me training with a barbell a little bit which i really hadn't done but um wasn't right for my goals and my body type necessarily so kind of moved on from there to other kinds of training and you know weave my way through guarding strength, and some other online coaching, and you know, basically to the point I am now, got more engaged and whatnot. So yeah, that's that's my origin. That's my village, villain or, origin story.
0: It's good to hear. It's good to hear. So yeah, 36, that couldn't have been that long ago. So when was, uh, this is a question we kind of got to ask the last couple of guests, really, uh, just your massonomics, uh, in, your entry to the, into the world of massonomics, whether that be just following them on Instagram, listening to the podcast, finally diving in and becoming a sporting member. How was that experience for you and how has it changed your life for the better? Maybe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wearing it now. I'm wearing the, uh, don't curl me shirt. And, uh, you know, listen to especially when I was commuting uh, to work uh, back when I worked for a company, of course, I had long drives to and from work. So listen to a lot of podcasts. But I was listening to Starting Strength Radio with uh, Ripito. And of course, I was doing that program for a while. That's a big part of just, again, how I started, you know, lifting in this powerlifting style. And um, yeah, Mark's opening up his podcast. And of course, I'm in the car so I can only hear it. I can't see. And he says, yeah, I'm wearing this this baby shit yellow T-shirt. From a company called Massonomics, and he's right. That's a you know perfect description of the color. It looks terrible with my skin tone. But he's talking about this "Don't Curl on Me" shirt, and uh, he says Massonomics. And I don't have any idea what Massonomics is at that point. I'm not really like that deeply engaged in the Instagram world and whatnot yet. So Massonomics, you know, I assume that's some kind of like Massachusetts-based economics club or something like that. Riff tends to get political on the show sometimes you know we are not afraid to so this is probably some conservative economics organization that maybe has a lifting vent or you know some reason so i gotta check these guys out when i get home to send you know i gotta see this this baby shit t-shirt so uh logged on checked it out oh this is what that is it's totally different but interesting and funny and sort of aligns with my personality of not taking yourself too seriously and uh you know enjoying lifting but you know the the Lift hard, lift easy wasn't a thing back then, but that's kind of what the lifestyle was. And uh, yeah, followed them. Um, I think I actually commented on a post at one point. Well, in fact, I know I did. I I'd never really engaged much on Instagram back then. And and liked it back. Now, of course, they didn't know that they just like everybody's posts, and that's that's. But that's how they got you, and that's how they bring you in. So I said, "Oh, these these guys are engaging. They want to engage with me." So uh, anyway, just kept following them, finally ordered some stuff, got like the weekend warrior shirt and the, the don't curl On me shirt. And obviously, you know, a few other things here and there. So yeah, I have uh starting strength radio, I guess, to thank for getting me involved with massonomics. And it's been cool because, you know, when you work out at a commercial gym, as we've heard, especially on the main podcast and whatnot, people are often not doing the same thing you're doing, <laughs> unless you're at like, you know, a real uh you know hardcore gym powerlifting gym right so you don't necessarily engage with people there much then i switched to the garage gym don't really engage with people you know very much there of course because it's just me in the garage so it's cool to have a you know group like this where we can be that gym community outside the gym
0: yeah i love to hear that That i always res. that's i always love when people kind of have the same opinion about that with me just calling this a community you know, there's like 30 guys that I could, I could DM and get a response. Like I could, I could have like something major in my life happening and like need to actually seriously talk to someone. And like, you know, I know 30 dudes that would, that I've, you know, I've only met a handful of them in person and any of them would be there for me in a heartbeat if I needed something. So like, that's how many of the people have that like virtually like this. So, you know, and in, in a few months, we'll, a lot of us will have it in person as well. But like, I'm just, I'm grateful that we've been able to build this community, you know, via the massonomics podcast and, you know, through them, you know, have this whole side thing it's really awesome absolutely uh but speaking about taking yourself seriously so one thing that caught me uh in some of my research that kind of caught me off guard uh, i wouldn't say it's not a bad thing uh if anything it's kind of some of the other hosts really getting into it also are you in a book club big jeff i I hear you're in a book club of some sort let's hear about that
1: yeah i am i feel partly responsible for for all the book talk and massonomics um yeah i it's it's just cool, so uh some combination of friends former coworkers um just you know a small group of us got together we started a book club, I don't know probably a couple of years ago, really, based around just business books and that sort of thing, and we ventured into some other types of categories. I'm usually the one that brings up the more uh business business adjacent books like uh meditations we've read art of war we've read. Uh, Antlet shrugged me and another guy really wanted to read that one. So we spent some time reading that. Um, And and it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. definitely, you know, there's been a lot of book talk, massonomics book club, that kind of stuff going on Um, would encourage folks to get together and, you know, maybe read some of this stuff as a group if they want to, because the discussion is always good. Another way just to interact with, with good people as well. Um, You know, drive home the message or see how somebody else's, trying to experience the message or trying to apply it to their life. Um, You know, and, and you'll maybe retain some of the information more and just, just enjoy it. And and I tell you too, it's the accountability as well. I mean, you know, think about it like this, like, you know, big Keith, big Kevin, why why do you compete in powerlifting?
0: A lot of it's camaraderie and honestly, I mean, yeah, it's, it's fun to challenge myself. Well, for me, honestly, it boils down to just motivation to train like three or four days a week. If I didn't have a meet, ever well, if i didn't do one or two meets a year i would get very complacent and i would either one just freaking try to pr every week and hurt myself or two just be like oh i don't need to work out this week i don't have anything to train for i don't feel like it so me always and i'm financially invested also but uh i've met a 100 people at meets in the last 10 years that are all you know I'm close personal friends with several of them to the, to the day still that's half people that come and train in my gym or people i've met at meets
1: Right, so it's kind of the relationship there to the book club is, hey, what you know, but I know we're meeting first Thursday of the month, and I got to have this book done, or I'm not gonna have anything to talk about. You know, it's the accountability that helps me get through a dozen books a year instead of just you know buying a couple and shelving them and getting halfway through them. So you know, having those those deadlines in your life helps you stick to whatever goals you might have, and it's the same with lifting. Again, I, I don't, I don't. Pete the Wood medals, even though I win them all the time because I'm masters now. But um, you know, it keeps me accountable to the training because I don't want to look like a fool on that date when the meet comes around, and I want to want to do my best that day. So I got a deadline to prep for.
2: And yeah, well, see. So you were just giving some good analogies there between uh, the the book club and the reading, and with the lifting that we do. Um, and I think on several of your Instagram posts, you've made some good analogies between lifting and personal finance. And so, I'd like to know what are what are some of your favorite analogies that you've made with that?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm the self proclaimed powerlifting financial planner. Um, I'm not always curious to know if somebody's gonna gonna call me out on that or somebody's gonna challenge me. I know there are other people in finance that lift. I know that you know, but I think we can niche it down enough to where I can be you know specific to where well I'm the strongest guy that does this thing. Uh, but yeah, you know the, the the social media thing is tough. I did kind of the traditional social media and I still have an account where I just put very basic personal finance stuff out there gets very limited engagement. But by trying to combine some of the fitness powerlifting analogies with fitness analogies, it does, I think, drive a little bit more engagement and at least lets me stand out and be different and do something that, that, you know, maybe not other people, not everybody else is doing. Um, Some analogies that I like that come to mind are, you know, we were just talking about meat prep. And talking about you know why why having those deadlines is important. um, you know one thing I like to talk through with people is when you think about how you save and invest and how aggressive you should be, right? Should you be buying all stocks or should you be putting your money in cash? Well, it depends how close you are to your goal. So you know, if I said to you, you know there's kind of kind of a a, a phrase about peaking, you know what what can and you can't what 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 can you can and not do? as you're approaching peaking, like strength-wise. Any any idea what I'm getting at there?
2: With uh, dialing up the intensity and cutting back on the volume, that sort of thing with, with peaking for a meet?
1: Right. And what I'm getting at is you can do a lot to make yourself weaker during the peaking phase by, you know, being too aggressive and injuring yourself versus just protecting what you've already built. You know, you've kind of built all your strength in those weeks leading up to the peak, and then you're there to preserve it the day comes so that's kind of like as you approach a goal if you're saving money to buy a car or if you're saving money to send your kid to college or something like that in that you know six months or a year before you're actually ready to spend that money it's time to shore it up and protect it take it out of the market not be risky with it because you can lose a lot and you know change your life that way you're not going to probably make that much over that short amount of time so that you know that's one that i like to think about um I did a video that was like um, mutual funds are like the compound lifts of financial plan. Right. So you think about, if you don't know what a mutual fund is, well you think about buying individual stocks. So you could buy stock at Amazon. You could buy stock in NVIDIA. You could buy stock at AT AT&T. Like that's, that's all well and good, but you are putting all your money in that one company and you're subject to the risk associated with that one company. Whereas if you buy a mutual fund, which might own 500 companies or a thousand companies on your behalf, You're kind of spreading your risk across a wide range of companies, like a compound lift that kind of spreads the exercise, spreads movement across your body, across multiple groups, right? You're you're kind of diversifying and being efficient with your training, with compound lifts. And you can do the same thing with your money, spreading it around, putting money in a bunch of different places at once, participating in different corners of the market at once by making one investment in one particular fund. So, you know, those, those are a couple I like. And yeah, I've got a few more on the Instagram page. And if there's other ones you're curious about or a concept you, you don't quite understand, you reach out. Maybe I can make a reel about. It.
0: So I've got a little bit of a question here. So I'm curious if it uh, it's, it's going gonna to work with your parents here real quick. So uh, did your parents, did it take them 14 years to save up for the second baby? Is Was, was, was that why they waited so long? They, there's a 14-year age gap between you and your sibling?
1: There is. Yeah. I've got an older brother who's 14 years older than me. And I, I don't know. I don't know that I ever got the full explanation. I don't know that. I don't know, you know, what the explanation is, but it was interesting. Um, you know, I've got a brother. Some ways, uh, you know, it's almost like I'm an only child because he was moved out of the house, you know, by the time I was in middle school and whatnot. And so kind of had the house to myself for most of that. Uh, so all the negative characteristics you associate with an only child, you know, I have those as well. And, uh, you know, but then also we're almost closer later in life because oddly enough his kids are close to the same age as, as my kids just based on you know when when that happened in their lives um we have a lot of similar music interests I kind of gravitated towards a lot of the stuff he likes to listen to just because again I was around that and it's different I enjoy it um so yeah that, that's that's an interesting relationship again I I'd say we're we're closer now probably than we were when I was Five and he was uh what would that be you know 16 you know you can or more than that what was it 14 19 um yeah you, know, you can imagine how how different what a different place your lives are in at that point so um yeah it's a different dynamic
0: that's funny like i i basically asked one question and then like any response you almost hit on like two or three of the other follow-ups there so uh, one of them i will get to real quick. Uh, so you mentioned that you uh, enjoyed his his type of music, so that kind of my experience. Why you're such a fan of eighties rock music? Uh, and with that, so you have to, you know, you can only pick one. So one of each. So favorite rock band, favorite rock song doesn't have to be the same band, or from yeah. from the band.
1: So okay. Um, I I think without question, my favorite band is probably Megadeth. Um, it's just my style of music i mean the you know it's they're they're as far as i'm concerned like the most talented band out there right i mean they have incredible guitar incredible drums um you know interesting you know the lyrics are okay you know they, they probably maybe fall down a little bit on the vocals but but they Mustaine is not the worst singer in the world they're certainly worse um i do not like this um like the more modern sort of metal where people just like screaming on the microphone. It's not, I'm not really a big fan of that. So yeah, I mean, a favorite, favorite band and probably favorite song is uh Holy Wars punishment Due, which again is just, you know, six and a half minutes of, of hair on fire thrash metal. Um, uh, Since the same, it was the same band for the song. I will, I'll put my very close second is definitely iron maiden. Um, but again, incredibly talented. And I would say they pick up on just the, vocals and the writing of their songs you know the stories that they tell in some of their songs it is you know kind of an experience to to listen to their stuff so those are my top two but i think for sure my you know desert island band and album is probably uh holy wars and um rest in peace by my, by megadeth
0: that's cool that's cool that you and your brother can kind of share that uh affection for the and that, i'm assuming he would have grown up if he's he probably would have been a younger guy in the 80s you know i was born in you know if i yeah, I imagine he would have been, you know, that would have, his era would have been, you know, late 80s music, so that kind of makes a lot more sense there, but uh you mentioned that you guys' yeah. kids are about the same age, so him being a lot older, uh your wife did mention that you guys got married pretty early, Uh so... And then, uh, you're a, a, a dad of two young girls. And, uh, how, how is that? How is that correlated to being this big, bulky lifter guy drinking two gallons of milk? But then you got to go, Billy, uh, you know, the, but, the, but then you're the girl dad and, you know, we'll drop and do everything for your kids. So is there, uh, have, have the, have, have your daughters shown any interest in the gym? or are they ever out there with, with having a home gym? Has, uh, has the family yeah. kind of been like, Hey, let's, let's get on in this with dad. That, that looks cool. I'm going to imitate that.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. I, I wonder what they think about some of the craziness sometimes. Yeah, my my wife does think we got married young. We got married to, you know, relatively young, I guess, compared to our, you know, friends and and people in our generation, I suppose. We got married when we were probably like 26, 27. Um, Yeah, two girls. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. I did kind of depends who you ask and who you're talking to, right? Um, Two girls that are middle school age, which uh, I can't tell you how much fun that is right now. Um, but yeah, you know, they, they do, they get itched in the garage gym. They come out sometimes they're always like trying to do pull-ups on the pull-up bar. Um, or they ask me how much it is or my my youngest one always asks me, so is that the most you've ever done? Like, no, it's not the most I've ever done. Or sometimes it, yeah, it is the most I've ever done. Um, uh, so that, you know, they, they, they do kind of just curious about what's going on. They're still like, you know, they're obviously like too young to train and, you know, they may or may not want to like get into it. That's totally up to them, but definitely just. You know, taking care of yourself, taking care of your body, having a focus on it, having a focus on just being dedicated to something, building strength, um you know, having some discipline about something, and you know they've come to both of my meets uh they don't stay the whole time, I don't really expect them to, but they'll come for a little bit and just kind of check it out and see what's going on and and watch a little bit of my lifts and whatnot um, so it's cool, you know they they i think I think they like it I think. Sometimes my uh, younger younger one, uh, if I'm out there in the garage and she's bringing friends over, she maybe is a little bit uh, embarrassed about that. Uh, but, you know, that's just because they get embarrassed by everything at that age. And, and my job as their dad is to try to embarrass them as much as possible. So if their friends are coming by, I really crank up the Iron Maiden and make sure that uh, they get full, full garage experience.
0: And are, are, are dad jokes another way that you like to embarrass them? Is that something you like to get a good zinger in in front of her friends just to uh, kind of, you know, show them who the king of the house is with with, with the dad joke, dad joke uh, mania?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Whatever I can do just to drive them nuts while their friends are over. It's really, you know, are, you, are you, it's, it's your responsibility. It's, it's the law as a dad to do that, especially with girls.
0: Now, am I reading this right? Are you actually uh, originally from uh, Kevin's home state
1: also?
2: Or am I reading I'm it? not
1: originally from there. Uh, my okay. family's from there. My brother's going okay. up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, close ties. Um, we did a lot of vacationing, if you can call it going to Cleveland on vacation. We did a lot of trips <laughs> up there when I was a kid. <laughs> um, two-day car drives from Jacksonville to Ohio. Um, and most of my extended family's still up there. Uh,
2: so, I... I, I oh, yep. Yeah, just going with that, um, so if, if you do have some ties to Ohio, then um, obviously we have, you know, the intense debate of Ohio being in the Midwest or not. And I think one thing actually kind of ties it together with uh, that you might be able to give us some good perspective on is I've heard that people say that Ohio is the Florida of the Midwest. So it's, you know, it, it's still technically part of that that larger group, but there's just something off about it. You know, the way that, you know, the Florida man and like the craziness that goes on in Florida. Is, is there any uh, perspective you can give on that come, coming from uh p- having people in both yeah. states?
1: Yeah, yeah, probably is probably that whole like black sheep kind of thing. You know, people hate us because they ain't us. And it's probably the same up there in Ohio. Um, I, you know, so I was born and raised in Florida. I also went to college here. So I didn't I didn't really leave the state in any meaningful <clears> way until <throat> I was in my 20s. And I didn't know people were, you know, dogging us that much. Until I left. Like I knew there was some jokes, but you know, moved to North Carolina at that point And and oh, you guys, you people really do hate us. I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, you know, we definitely walked to a different beat. Um definitely have, you know, some interesting folks down here. Uh I mean, there's crazy people in every state. So I think that I think that does get played up a little bit. Uh, you know, again, it's it's maybe it's the massonomics running joke uh, of the country. Um, uh, but you know, hey, if you hate it so much stop coming down here to visit us all the time we're fine without you you know we're getting along okay here but um yeah you, you gotta be t- my dad always said you gotta be tough to live in florida he's right we got we got all the giant bugs we've got all the uh we were even talking about the invasive pythons at one point i think somehow yeah yeah i, mean, I couldn't do this
0: i mean i i'm not necessarily afraid of snakes but i think does anyone else like so my wife is definitely afraid of snakes and i think like that's kind of like seeped into me a little bit just because you've been with someone for 20 years. You just kind of like almost accept or you kind of absorb some of their fears and some of the things that annoy them. And it's just like, you know, I, I could, uh I definitely don't like snakes anymore as much. I, I definitely have more of a fear with snakes now for being with her for, you know, a deck, two decades, whatever, than I did maybe when I was 20. So I just, uh that always gets, I get, I get a kick out of that. But Florida is a state I have never gone to. I think the farthest South I've been is uh Carolina. So Uh, Well, no, I guess I've been to Georgia, just uh, Atlanta, just for, you know, the airport. But uh, as far as actually visiting and, like, doing tourism stuff, it would be Carolina.
1: Um, sorry. Let me just zoom up here. We We got Uh, lots of Waffle Houses, too.
0: So, I I mean, I kind of figured that's why you started working from home. Is just Florida was so uninhabitable to go outside that you just couldn't uh, you couldn't couldn't stress it anymore. But uh, with that, so how long have you been working from home now?
1: Yeah, I've been working from home. I mean, we can count the time where my previous company shifted to work from home, which is when everybody did, which was uh, oh, okay. March of 2020. And I never went back to an office oh, nice. except lucky. to get my stuff. So lucky you. I Yeah, I left that job in November of 2020. Went through the process of setting up my own registered investment advisory firm. Takes some time, you know, so I got approved by the state of Florida in March of 2021. So you can say I've been permanent. Work from home business owner for uh, a little bit over two years now.
0: So would you say so that, so you work from home for call it six months, whatever it was while you still were employed by another company and then call yeah. it two and a half, three years by yourself right now. Uh, did you pick up any bad habits while you were still working for another company? And do you, I guess, I guess, did you, do you work harder working for yourself than you would when you work from home for another company?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, that's a good question. And it, it's, 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 very hard. I could answer that in a bunch of different ways, right? <laughs> like, yes, I absolutely work harder for myself, you know, than than anybody else. I mean, this, this is my baby. This is my thing. Um, I also started from zero. So, you know, having no income is a driver for you to work hard. So, you know, there's that, there's that whole thing too. I mean, I'm still building a business back to the levels I was at and the levels I expected to be right. You know, it's, it's a process and it's still working through that. So you know, yeah, I bust my ass for this business, no doubt about it. Um, Is it difficult to work from home? Yes. Are there many distractions at home? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Um, Am I the kind of person who you would call, you know, well-organized and, and, you know, functions well without structure? No. So, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I struggled to be as efficient as I was right when I worked for another company and people were feeding me stuff to do all day and, I had tasks and I had objectives and I had, you know, bosses and people that were going to expect to hear from me every week. Um, But that's also part of the beauty of working for yourself is I also don't have to put up with that. I mean, so yeah, I mean, don't, don't let anybody kid you in thinking that working for yourself doesn't at least start out with a lot of 60 hour weeks and and putting in a lot more effort and time than you were. But um, structure is difficult and, and you've got to have the personality and, and, not join discords and
2: you know <laughs> do things
1: that uh, allow you to focus on your work it's not easy i, I have some tricks you know some ways of try to focus in on that
0: so i got one it's a little diving into your work so feel free not to answer it and we can just move on but so working for yourself do you have you taken a have you basically been able to invoke your your veto card on a client before basically someone that just was such an a-hole that you're just like I don't want to do business with you anymore, and I don't have to because I can replace you you're replaceable. Whereas you couldn't do that working for another firm necessarily, but you can as working right. for JIT for you know for yourself.
1: Right, right. I uh, you know I will say I, I I did have one client where there was sort of a mutual parting of ways, like and and it was 100% my fault. I did not set great expectations about what sort of the meeting cadence and things were going to look like up front. And so as a result, it was just expectations I couldn't meet. And I had to say, you know what, let's just kind of wrap up what you have and close it out and, and move on. And that's fine. Um, it wasn't at all anything where like I, I liked working with the person very much. It just wasn't going to work out. Um, I had, I've had i been fortunate enough to where I haven't had to like fire a client though. Everybody has stories and I'm sure it will come up. It's much more though now about taking on the people I want to take on so you you do what i do and you work at a large firm and and you know it's a little bit different in different places but at least where i was at most recently they dump four or five hundred people on you say here are the people that you're responsible for calling and generating initial business from and you know when they leave we're not going to be happy about it um versus now you know it's a it's a much lower volume business i know you know my end, end number of clients will probably be like 60 or 70 or something like that and that's it people i can still deliver very high touch service to and my website is set up very much in a way that it's relatively clear who i work with um when i have the intro call with somebody you know if the vibe is off as as they say then um i'm just not going to pursue it right and and i'm not going to encourage that person to sign on the way i would with somebody who you know we have a great 30 minute intro and their problems are the kind of problems I solve. And the kind of person they're looking for is a person like me. And they're not going to be, you know, just doing doing all the sort of bad habits. You know, part of my job is to help people work on things and, and correct bad habits and be accountable. But there's, there's people out there that just you can tell they're not built to work with somebody. So, yeah, th- those people really ideally just never sign on in the first place.
0: That makes sense. It's a uh, really good insight from that side of the table, uh, from being a, you know, small business owner like that. So I think this is the time we're going to segue into one of our other newer segments that actually, no, it's, it's an, it's a pre-existing, it's a long-standing segment, if you will. It's the, uh, Joey Silly Question. Joey couldn't be here this week and, uh, he wasn't able to, he's basically put it in my hands to come up with a silly question this week. So I'm not as silly as him. So it might not be as funny uh, as a hypothetical question that I'm going to ask you guys both. So in this magic hypothetical world, so just play loose with it with me. I don't want to get too in the weeds with it, but uh, all right. So one food item for the rest of your life, you can consume as much as you want, and it'll be zero net calories, zero carbs, zero protein, nothing. It's basically just all you're going to get from it is like, you know, it's going to be like drinking water. It's just placebo. What food item would that be and why? I can give you mine first if you want some time to think about it. Uh, but God, this might not go over as, as funny as I thought it would. Cause I'm, you know, Jeff said he doesn't like to eat that much and doesn't have a big appetite. I'm not really sure if Kevin's eating appetite, but I'm the only visible fat guy on this episode. So I've got answers that correlate with being a fat guy. I'm curious if theirs will or not.
2: So are, is this a. Like one food for the rest of our life or just like a, a cheap meal that doesn't nope. actually so, add calories.
0: So I'll, 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 I'll give you mine and kind of go through my druthers of how I come up with it. So you can kind of figure out where I'm. So it, it, in this hypothetical, yes, to me, it's, it's one item that you can eat every day, but also uh, this well this is the part that I've kind of gone back for. Do you have to pay for it or not? So I think you should have mm-hmm. to pay for it. So it has to be something that will financially fit in your portfolio of your diet, basically. Uh, but yeah, it adds nothing. So. If you want to just be like, Oh, I love ribeye steak and it's so good, but then that's where you get your 200 grams of protein from every day. Cause it's literally, it it's, it, it doesn't exist. It's, it, it's almost like you're not eating it, but mm-hmm. you, you get the satiation from it, if you will, and you get the flavor, obviously. Uh, so for me, I've got two, I, I, I've, I've, I've got one A and one B. So I'll go one B first. Uh, so this would be the one that I would ditch if I had to actually pick one and I would go ranch dressing. Cause if I no so, so like a good, amazing, like, like, like I'm talking Outback ranch dressing, Longhorn Steakhouse ranch dressing, uh, some like high quality, like good restaurants, like, like homemade fresh ranch dressing. And why I would go with that is if that, if that wow. ranch dressing that I'll use as a, a dipping sauce is zero carbs, zero calories, zero fat, I can eat like so much more shitty rubber chicken at work. Uh, to just power through my regular food. I'll use it as an additive to power through just bland meat. You know, I could have, to, uh, like, I don't like eating, like, steak leftover as much just because it's not as good. And I, I know I don't like microwaving steak necessarily, so I eat a lot of, cold. if I do eat steak, it's typically cold. I eat, eat cold chicken every day for work. So being able to add a couple of cups or, you know, a couple of servings of, like, just really good quality ranch and being able to power through my lunch every day, that would be an awesome thing to do. Uh, I could add ranch to, you know, French fries, but then only, but then I'm only, I'm only eating the French fries and not, the, I'm not getting the carbs from the, 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 the million ca- uh, calories and fat from that. So ranch would be like my second choice that I'll, I will disregard, but number, my, my, my number one choice, if I could add one hypothetical food to my diet for the rest of my life, that doesn't count towards macros, cheesecake. I could eat a piece of cheesecake of some sort, three meals a day. And I could, I'm sure, I, to, to call back to Aldi's. I'm sure Aldi's has a an adequate cheesecake that I could buy and spend like ten bucks a week and go through a cheesecake and make it last all week and get a dessert fix that you know. Then I'm not overindulging because that's my problem. I'll eat, I'll eat three high protein, healthy meals and then I'll be like, well, what's for dessert? You know, and I even try to turn my desserts into protein, like I'll have, like a protein bar and a protein shake for dessert a lot of times, just to like get that sugar fix, but. At the end of the day, there's times where I'm like, I need to go get some ice cream. I need to go get some donuts. I need to get some cake. Like I, I have a a big addiction to to food like that. So for me, yeah, ranch is my second choice, but I would ultimately, I think, yeah. I'd have to choose cheesecake. So what do you guys, uh, if you have enough time, think and feel free to to to, to druthers it out as you talk. You know, talk, you can even you know ver, ver, verbalize your thoughts if you haven't figured it out yet. But I'm I'm very curious in this hypothetical world. What do you guys are picking?
1: Yeah. Well, let me ask you, big Keith. I mean, you know, what about a ranch flavored cheesecake? Why don't you oh, the too?
0: that sounds horrible. That sounds so bad. No. So, and, and, and my cheesecake of actually, I was at dinner with my family last week and we were at a cheesecake factory and it's like, well, what cheesecake do you want? I'm like the plain one the strawberries. Like that's all I'll ever get. Like, I think I, I did get like fancy ones and I got the Oreo one or I got the, the, the peanut butter cup one. And I was just like, it's just not the same. Like I want my cheesecake to taste like cheesecake with a little bit of strawberries. I don't want my cheesecake to taste like a candy bar or a uh, cupcake. Like I don't. Yeah. To me, it's just a plain cheesecake. There you go.
2: So, what do you think, Kevin? Are you? I, oh, I see, yeah. So I, so I, I see I, the I, wheels I'm really turning. i thinking hard about this. Yeah. I uh, this? I think my 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 first instinct and the one I'm I'm going to think I have to go with is um is donuts. And it's, it's not that I eat donuts all the time, but uh, it's, it's one of those things, like, when I do eat them, I, I can eat a dozen of them. Um, and for whatever reason, it seems like the past several months at, at our office that it'll just be, like, once a week, someone will bring donuts in. So, of course, there's, like, a couple – there's a couple of real good bakeries around us that, you know, someone will bring in a two dozen donuts, and then they're just sitting out there all morning. and. I'll go by, I'll, I'll get one in the morning if, if I've been like eating good that day and I, you know, especially if I have like a trend, it's like, oh, I, I can, I can justify spectra carbs for this. And then I go by in the afternoon, I'm like, oh, there's still like four donuts there and they're just going to throw those away if no one eats them. So I'll inevitably, you know, take one, take one for the road on my way home. So I, I think, uh, donuts is the, is choice one. Um, and, and along a similar vein, I, and, and, back to the donuts is that do are pretty cheap too. You know, you, you can get, you know, a dozen donuts for 10 to $15. I don't know where you go. Um, and they're just, a uh, you know, just something you could load up on if you really wanted to. Um, yeah. And, and a, a similar type of thing where it's just like, Oh, I just want to keep eating them is, uh, like fresh bread or breadsticks. Like, especially the kind that you get at like a restaurant where it's, um, you know, they bring it out before you eat, so you fill up on that, and then uh, you, you don't use much. Well, actually, that doesn't make any sense. Why would they make you fill up on food before, before you order anything else? But anyways, I think uh fresh bread and butter, maybe a little little oil and some seasoning would be choice number two for something like that. But I, I do really like your your idea for the ranch to make, you know, unlimited extra flavor to make everything else taste better and more satiating. So if, so if
0: it wasn't ranch, what would you like, is it like, I don't know what, what else, what what's out there? What else is out there is a dipping sauce that's super unhealthy that would mm-hmm. mix well with like three or four big meats. Cause ranch would go good with a lot of stuff, but I don't know about yeah. ranch and ranch and pork might not go over very well. And like ranch and no, I've, beef, I've, like, I've done know. the ranch
2: and pork, um, okay. and, you know, I'm, I'm so Ohio and Midwestern, you know, I put ranch on everything, okay. but, um, but there actually is a, a, a sauce that my wife just made for a meal a couple of days ago. And, um, I asked him like, Hey, can you just like make a bunch of that and just store <laughs> it? And we can just like put on everything. And she goes, yeah, but it's like 90% honey. So it, it was like a, a hot honey sauce that she made. It was like honey, um, some Tabasco, some seasonings, some, some lemon juice and maybe one or two other little things, but she's like, yeah, that's it's mostly honey. That's just sugar that we're putting on this. <laughs> but like that, that was really good, though. So like I, I definitely want to like either find a way to make it a little bit healthier or something. But if it, it, uh, we use it on uh, on salmon, it's good on chicken. So I'm sure it'd be good on other things like that vegetables. And uh, so that'd that that that'd be a good option too to go with the same same logic you did on the ranch.
0: I like it. What about you, Big Jeff? What do you, what, uh, you've had enough time here to, to mull it over. What are you thinking? I want to hear, want to hear your whole logic of it too. Why? And like, you know, yeah, let, let's hear it.
1: I'm curious, Big Kevin, do you have a favorite donut, ranch donut possibly or something else? Oh, God.
2: <laughs> uh, no, but my go to donut is a, uh, uh an old fashioned sour cream donut.
0: What the, call? what the heck's a sour cream donut? I'm sorry. To so it,
2: it, it doesn't actually taste like sour cream. I, I just had to convince one of my coworkers to to try one for the first time. And he, he like, he wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. He's like, well, I don't like sour cream. I'm not going to like a sour cream donut. Um, but they're good. They're just like a they, – they look old-fashioned. They're not like nice and smooth like a Krispy Kreme glazed donut. Um, hmm. But they are just kind of like a simple – they're a little bit more cakey. But not like a full cake donut, and then they usually have some sort of uh, you know, like a, you know, like a, bit of a frosting over, like a glaze on it. So its downfall might just be its name, then. <laughs> yes, hey, more more for me, I'll take yes. it.
1: Um, yeah, this is a great question. At first, when I thought we were going to have to accept the macro profile of the food, I was going to say the obvious answer is a Costco chicken bake, the most complete macro profile <laughs> of any food in existence. <laughs> Um, but if I could go with anything and I don't have to accept that I probably pizza. I mean, I just, I can smash pizza all day. Um, It's, you know, different varieties. I don't know how far and wide you want to go on like different kinds of pizza, like the Sicilian and the grandma, the New York style all that kind of stuff. Um, My grandma did used to make very good homemade pizza. So kind of has has a special place in my heart for that as well, but I just like a good you know, non-chain. Like there's a uh, couple of New York-style pizza places very close to us here that just make a good thin crust, crispy bottom. Um, just just good pizza, and and uh, I don't know, pizza just goes down easy. It's, it's it's good, versatile, variety. You know, give give me that.
2: I like it. Now, <laughs> you, you, you didn't yeah. say. Uh, so you said that we wouldn't have to take the the macros, but it would give us maybe. You know that we'd get the flavor and maybe some satiation from it, but what about on the other end? You know, if, if I pick Taco Bell, you know, <laughs> I, you know, do I still have to suffer the consequences? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's a,
0: that's a good question. I don't know. I haven't, like I said, I I'm usually like Mister OCD. Then I've had this conversation with people, and I've had to come up with the stipulations too of like, like, well, because people have just thrown off random things, and I had to kind of like break down, I'm like, well, no, because like, why would you pick? steak or you know why would you pick anything that's high in protein because that's for like this is like my lifting friends and like we're all like have you know macro goals it's like well, why would you pick that because now you still have to go eat like all this other meat on top of it it's just uh but as far as coming out of the back end i guess uh we'll leave that up to the uh you know <laughs> imagination uh but a follow-up on jeff's there so pizza i like that as an answer solely for the cheapness enemy because you can buy a cheap pizza like like and obviously you probably, cause you'd still want to hit your macro goals for the day. And then you could probably still, so you could, so you could squeeze literally a piece of pizza in at all three meals as even, you could almost like start with it and then just power through some, you know, shitty cold chicken or something, you know, or, or finish with it. And then like once I finish a chicken, I get to eat a slice of pizza. That might even be the, the better idea, but pizza keeps for like a week in the fridge or more, I'd imagine. So you could buy one extra large pizza and then it would last uh, you know, eat a couple slices a week or a couple slices a day for a week. That's a, that's a good answer. I like that. Did you have a, did you have a second? Did you have an alternative if you couldn't have pizza? Uh, what would
1: your number two be? Well, I think the alternative's got to be the chicken bake. I mean, it's just you know <laughs> God God's perfect food. Let me let me run a quick correction. Also, correction and apology from what I said earlier. Now, I don't want to give the wrong impression. It's not that I it's not that I don't like to eat and I don't have an appetite. And I don't don't eat a lot at times. But your your point with the steak when it comes down to trying to hit a certain calorie goal for the day and try to consume you know 170 200 grams of protein on a small frame like me and eat, you know, a bunch of steak and a bunch of chicken and a bunch of rice that that's the challenge. That's, that's what i never really had success with, with and, and still have a hard time with, but yeah, if you want me to smash an extra large pizza and, and just do that, well, yeah, <laughs> we can do that with dire consequences, but yeah.
0: It yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't life. be just so much easier if the foods that we just really enjoyed are what gave us clean protein and healthy car. Like, like, it's just like, Oh God. Exactly. Like I like, if, I don't under like whose sick plan, whose sick joke is it? And is it honestly like? And if we knew, like, if we were just an unintelligent species and we didn't know that these foods were actually unhealthy for us, would we think they tasted as good as they do? Like, because isn't it scientific fact that like chocolate does do something to your brain? Like, is something in the the flavor palette or something? Is that a, is that a thing, or am I
2: just making that up? I
0: think I might just be making. I don't know.
2: I do know that, so like, I have gone down the rabbit hole on, you know, nutrition and everything, that, you know, back in the day, you know, uh, uh, like, like the liver king would tell us, you know, our, our ancient ancestors, um, you know, what, what they needed and what, and like that they ate what they needed to survive, but like the things that gave them the energy they needed right now were like really rare. So like the, the sugars and the fats, you know, like that, that was a more of a rare treat. And like that's just like what what kept them going for that short amount of time. You know, they weren't worried about, you know, keeping a nice figure or um, you know, like they were just eating whatever they could. So we're just right. hardwired after, you know, thousands of years of of wanting that that sweetness and that, you know, the uh you know that, that fatty flavor. We're just hardwired to enjoy that. Right. And now we suddenly don't need it.
1: And, and our ancestors didn't have the scientists at Frito Lay coming up with like the crispiest, <laughs> tastiest possible, you know, Dorito chip and stuff like that. <laughs> Just stocking the shelves with it.
0: So I, I, I do want to get to overrated, and underrated, but I do have one more follow up. I know I'm the worst with these, but I saw on Instagram the other day. It might have been an ESPN uh, chat. Uh, I want to say it was Russell Okun. Oak, I don't know how to say it, it was. He was yeah. uh, he. He played, you know, offensive tackle. I think for Carolina mm-hmm. for about a decade or so. Uh, I think he was at Oklahoma state, if I recall, but anyway, he was, so this is a big like six foot five, 325 pound man. And he just recently came out and said he lost literally a hundred pounds in like a couple months period of time, I believe. Uh And he's, or well, he might've, he might've lost a hundred pounds over a longer period of time, but he said what kickstarted or what the last thing that gave him his final push was he claims he fasted for 30 days straight with no food, just water, like, and was like, Preaching that as a good thing to do, it seemed like. And I, I didn't deep dive too much in the article. I just kind of read the headline and I was like, okay, is that like, that's like the Cartman skit where he was like all crucified and left on up there for like 30 days and he came back and he was just like a, a bag of fat skin. Like, is that even like, I know you, I know you need water to survive, Like, like, can you really go 30 days without consuming food? Like, you're just eating your own fat? Is that like,
2: I I mean, he definitely got to start off as a large man to To survive something like that. Um, yeah. And, and I do remember hearing an actual like a little bit more scientific approach to that, that they did that with a, a very obese man, you know, not offensive line size, but like even bigger, like a five, six, 700 pound dude is just like morbidly obese. And they went a full year without eating, but they gave him all sorts of IVs and vitamins and, and other things that, you know, the basic micronutrients that his body needed, but like did not give him like any major source of calories. So I'd imagine you know someone who was 300 pounds and maybe they, they have, you know, NFL salary to have a, a nutritionist to help them through something like that. I, I think it's possible. I, I don't know how you could possibly recommend that though. No, it seems crazy, but I know that's, it's, it's enough.
0: It's enough food talk, at least for a minute, guys. I know we, let's, uh, Everybody feel comfortable, ready to move into overrated, underrated. It's about, it's about that time this week. Now, Kevin, if there's any that you added to these that you want to get into, great. If not, if you, we can just split them 50-50. Uh, just kind of, but I'll go ahead and kick off here. So, Big okay. Jeff, are you, you're you from underrated, overrated, underrated, I'm assuming. You know, you have your druthers. You can uh, pick overrated or underrated. We're going to pick some, uh, we have some hand-picked topics just for you. You uh, eventually do have to, you yeah. Uh, you cannot ride the line, as they say. You do have to come up with overrated or underrated. I do like this game. My favorite part is just the caveat of like you it's not just your personal opinion on it. It's you know, you have to take in the uh the general population's opinion and then kind of come up with a with a valid answer that way. So, first question, big Jeff, overrated or underrated, Cuban coffee.
1: Oh, Cuban coffee. Uh yeah, I mean I, I think it's it's wildly underrated. It is delicious. Uh, so uh, this is a good one because uh, my wife's half Cuban. Uh, her father immigrated uh, in the United States in the 60s. And so they're from down in South Florida. Most of her family is still down in South Florida. So we go out and visit, you know, quite a bit, a couple times a year. And um, yeah, it's just all over the place down there. You have Cuban cafes everywhere. Um, the coffee. So the coffee comes in, you know, little tiny cups. because it's basically like straight expre- uh, espresso. And um, usually heavily, heavily sweetened. Um, you can get it made, you know, a few different ways. You can get cream in it. So you have Cafe Con Leche, which has, you know, more like a, a milky consistency. Um, you've got um, Portadito, you know, a couple of different names for these things, which is really just a coffee with the sugar mixed in. Uh, I like making it at home. So we have a little mini Cuban coffee pot that'll make, you know, four or five little cups of Cuban coffee. Um, you boil up the espresso, you whip up, Uh, sugar um get nice little foamy cups of it um yeah it's great um even the you know even the kids will will drink a little bit of it as well because they're they're big into it and uh it's perfect perfect little afternoon pick me up at you know two in the afternoon or whatever when you're you need that second wind cook something up and uh enjoy it delicious no that's something you guys
0: uh, good Is that something you guys make or you always buy? Like, Is that something you can make like on an espresso machine or do you have to like, do you have like a little diner or a little coffee shop that you guys go to specifically to get it?
1: Yeah, um, I wouldn't say we have anywhere around here that we go to specifically to get it because they're just, you know, I have many places like that. There's one or two that come to mind, but um, you can certainly get it at a restaurant. Often we do while we're down there if we're getting breakfast or something, Uh, but you can make it. All you need is um, espresso and an espresso pot. Uh, you know, you prepare the espresso however you normally would um, when you, you, um, you know, you probably want like at least one or two heaping spoons of of sugar for every little cup you're going to have. Like I said, it is very sweet. <laughs> so you, you put that in a separate cup and as the espresso starts to percolate and you get the first bits that come out, you add a little bit of that to the sugar and you whip it up to where it becomes kind of a... Um, I don't know what the consistency would be kind of like a silky drippy kind of consistency. Um, And then when the coffee is done brewing, you pour it in and just kind of gently stir it up. It gets a nice little foam on the top. Um, and yeah, you could, you could absolutely make it at home. It's funny. My wife's the one that, you know, is, is part Cuban, but I'm the one that makes it um, my mother-in-law who's, you know, American, not Cuban. She's usually the one that makes it, you know, for their family. So, but it's good.
2: That sounds delicious. I've never had it before, but I've just recently gotten more into coffee myself, and it definitely sounds like something I have to try. But I'm not too too sure. There's too many uh, Cuban coffee places up here in in, in Ohio. <laughs>
1: yeah, not yet.
2: All right. Next on the list: uh, overrated or underrated fraternities?
1: <laughs> um, that's a good question. You know, I can give you my perspective. Which is certainly what this is all about. A lot of people are gonna have different perspectives. Um, it depends a lot on your experience through that and and I think your experience afterwards as well. Um it, for for me, I would say it's underrated because it, it was a great experience for me. Um, so yeah, when I uh got to college at UCF, uh joined a fraternity as a freshman, um, you know, went through all that stuff. Um Made a lot of friends, of course, at the time, obviously, um, you know, I lived in the house for probably about three years, uh, you know, so it, it was it was a great experience while I was there. But I would say, you know, if that's kind of the start and the end of it for you. It's probably overrated. I mean, again, it's it's just another way to meet people and make friends at college. But, you know, I will say that I'm still very good friends with a lot of those folks today. Um, we typically, you know, a lot of us try to get together about once a year, at least um, the ones of us that that don't you know, live close by. Um, those guys were, uh, extremely instrumental in helping me have a business and kind of still be here today because I did get a lot of this lift from their support launching, referring family and friends to me. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, it's a connection that has, has still stayed on, you know, 20 years plus, um, we were doing the things that we're supposed to do with each other right you know kind of supporting each other and, and being there for each other you know even later in life being at each other's weddings and you know knowing each other's kids and that kind of stuff um but for sure your mileage may vary and if somebody came in with the totally opposite take i would i would believe it not you because that's certainly possible as well you know you kind of get out of it with what you get to it i guess yeah it
0: makes sense i'd say i i I would assume that the general population would say fraternities or they would look at them like almost frown upon them to some extent, just just because of like the, the, the party aspect. And like, I don't want my kid to join that and just, you know, have full access. But, but if you, if, if the core of it is a good group of people that, you know, you build family and community with, like I'm, I'm all for that. I've got, I think my, both my brothers were in a fraternity in college. And then I've got a cousin that was in one and I think he was president for a couple of years. And then he's, he's gotta be 15 years removed. And he's been like the, uh, what is it like the, uh, the alumni like host or guy, whatever, 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 like the yeah. adult is that basically like sponsors the fraternity, you know, and like goes yep. and like has to be that presence there. I think he's been there for like over a decade. Yeah. So, so that's been pretty cool. Good so so next on overrated, underrated, this one's kind of, uh, <laughs> his little backstory once, once I get through it with Jeff here. So, uh, overrated, underrated, big Jeff beards.
1: Beards. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, they, they're certainly fashionable right now. A lot of people have them They're They're in style. Um, of course not everybody can grow one. Right. So you can sort of just, just, you know, search your dominance there by having one in the first place. Um, I, I tend to think particularly from my part of the country, they're a bit overrated because they are incredibly hot in the summer. Um, I, um, Prohibited in my household from from shaving mine, um, at least if I want to stay married. But um I definitely trim it back a lot in the summer because it's hot as hell. Um and actually the the this past winter was the longest I've ever let it get. Um, which was okay, but then you gotta maintain it. It's just something else to worry about, something else to shave, something else to well not shave, but to groom. It's more work really. Um gotta buy beard oil for it and beard balm to keep it straight and stuff so they you know they're cool but they're a pain in the ass they yeah
0: i i i'm i'm kind of growing mine out right now it looks crappy i have very curly curly like coarse hair so i can put as much product in as i want and it's just shiny and then it just like you know curls back up on itself i just i don't love it but i don't know i posted a picture a while ago and everyone was like oh bring your beard back when i had like 4 or 5 years ago and i was like okay let's let's try it but uh why why the beard's kind of harkened with me is cuz I was it was in the last year, so it might have been this past summer when you you said you didn't shave it, but I could have swore it was like almost gone. I didn't recognize you. Like I I I don't remember exactly if I I I I, I kind of think the 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 way it, the way I remember it in my head was like I'm just scrolling on Instagram and then I see a guy in a massonomic shirt lifting in his garage and I was like oh who's this I I don't recognize who this person is and I either had to I think I literally had to like click on the profile to realize it was Big Jeff because your face you're unrecognizable to me without a beard. Cause I think I had only seen you with facial hair for a year or two. And then when I saw you, even, even if all, you know, you might've trimmed it, but it was like, it was basically no beard. And I was like, I don't know who that is. And it was kind of a running gag that I just, I didn't recognize Jeff without a beard. So that's, I yeah. kind of, it kind of chuckled me up and I had to add that to overrated, underrated.
1: Yeah. It was totally gone at that point. And I caught hell for it. <laughs> okay.
0: So overrated, underrated, working from home, overrated, underrated.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, there are definitely days where I feel like I need an office, especially in the summer when everybody's here and, you know, kids are doing their thing. You would think they would be self-sufficient as middle schoolers, but they need you as much as ever. And their friends come over and, you know, it's just kind of always something. Um, But you really can't beat it the the flexibility it provides again as long as you can harness that structure and not let it be your downfall um you know in the past couple years since i started working from home um i was able to take my kids to school and drop them off and and pick them up um you know i was able to of course work out at my convenience whatever time of day it happened to work for me that day because i didn't have to drive home or drive to a gym or, or do anything like that um you can control your food a lot better as well and even just in terms of saving money you you at home for lunch more often than you go out and get food. um, And, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's great. It can consume your life. I work at strange hours sometimes because I was doing something else during the day. Cause I was at home and then now I'm, you know, I've got, I've got to work at nine o'clock at night because there's still stuff to do. But uh, you know, I'd, I'd say it's underrated, but I also don't think everybody should do it. I, I think that people like getting into industries and stuff, need to be, need to be in the office. You know, at times um, I couldn't imagine starting my career at home or, or even some of the companies I transitioned to, but for me, underrated. Great.
0: Good. It's, uh, that's, I do, I feel like most people wish they would work, could work from home. Like, I don't, I definitely do not have a job. I can work from home. Occasionally we'll get like a quote unquote snow day and I we're just, we can't go out in the field and you know, we might get a paid snow day. Uh, if there's something, then I have maybe like two or three days with the online training I have to do every year. So we kind of just bank those for days where we know we can't go out in the field. But yeah, for the most part, I'm, <laughs> I do not have that luxury of having a, a, a job where I can work from a computer or anything like that. So my, my wife actually works from home. She's had her own business for the past four or five years now and works from home every day. And some days cool. I feel like I am the first person that she's talked to that day. And it's just like, Okay, like I'm, 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 I'm in the, I'm in the position. I'm coming home. I need, I need to decompress. I've just de- dealt with customers all day long, and you know, she's, I'm the first human she's seen in you know potentially twelve hours, ten hours, and you know, it's just like, hey, honey. Uh, no. So that's all. Do you, do you ever have that with your like where you kind? of, I'm assuming it, does your wife work like out of the out of the home?
1: Yeah, she, she does. Uh, she's, she started working uh, again this year. She works at a school, so she's home now, but she's at work during the school year, and you definitely. I can only speak for myself, but you definitely have to kind of supplement your life with other interaction as a result um that's probably why I'm in the discord so much but it's also uh you know setting up lunch with with people former colleagues uh people in your industry going to networking functions i'm I'm not the work at home because I don't want to talk to people kind a person I'm the work at home because it's great for my lifestyle and then I pursue that interaction that i I desire just outside of the house and, you know, various, various functions and groups and people I enjoy hanging out with.
2: Yeah, so on on my end, uh, I'm an engineer. So most of the time, I I do need to be in the office, hands on, you know, working on things with other people. But, uh, you know, when everything shut down with COVID, you know, I I did work from home for a while. And I I did like the lifestyle aspect of it, like you said, but um, as soon as we were able to you know start working in the office again. You know, we, we kind of slowly worked back into a three day a week uh in the office and then we um we were very quickly back into full time there as much as we were able to be and um it we do have the uh the luxury of being allowed to work from home when we need to, but uh for the most part we're we're, we're all back now and it's 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 almost weird when people aren't uh uh working in the office when they when they need to be now. But anyways, uh, so next topic that we have here. This is one that I'm really interested in. Uh overrated or underrated, Dave Ramsey.
1: There's a there's a saying about Dave Dave Ramsey that he's great for getting out of debt and terrible for everything else. Um he he sometimes gets a lot of hate from the financial advisor community because he he says I think he says some crazy things sometimes. Um he has He's, he's got, you know, kudos to him for having a very specific business um, business model, I should say, principles he sticks to, a program that, you know, he is unwavering from. And, you know, if I happen to, like, catch him on YouTube or something, somebody calls in with a question, I pretty much already know the answer for, I know what he's going to say or he answers. It's like, why are you even call it in? You, you know what Dave's going to say. Um, yeah, I, th- I think he, he sometimes can go off the rails a little bit when it comes to just investing. And some of the numbers he used, I mean, there's wonky stuff I could get into that I won't, but um, you know, he's, he's at least popularized the idea of the debt snowball, which um, there's a couple ways you can approach paying off debt, that snowball, that avalanche, one of them, you pay the highest credit card interest rate down first. The other one, you pay the smallest balance down first and work your way from there. I've done the math. It doesn't really matter which one you go with, just go with the one that makes the most sense for you. And he has popularized that Um, more people in this country probably need help just cleaning up their balance sheet than they need advanced hands-on financial planning. You know, more people probably need what Dave does than what I do. He's probably underrated for that reason. Um, Again, I, I I have issues with with some of what Dave does, but um, he's, he's probably out there doing a lot of good, especially just to get people, just to get people out of the hole, man, just, just to get people above water, and then you can move on from there.
2: So do you have a, a final over or under for Dave?
1: I think he's probably underrated.
2: So would you say that uh Dave Ramsey is the Mark Ripto of financial planning?
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 he probably is. That's that's a that's that's a pretty good analogy, right? He puts you on that debt linear progression and then uh you know, once 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 you're through that things might need to get a little bit more complicated, a little bit more creative after that. But um, yeah, if if he's your gateway to a better, more well-planned financial life, then I'm all for it.
0: All right, let's hit up. Uh, we're gonna go with the sixth and final one here. I think we have we have seven written down. We're gonna go ahead and cut one just so we're not we don't. I I would love a two and a half hour podcast, but I think Nate would not. It'd love to edit that. So we'll uh, we'll go ahead and hit this last overrated underrated, and then move into the uh, Big Jeff asked us a question. So Big Jeff, all the marbles are on the line. Overrated, underrated, investing in a home gym.
1: Hmm. Mm. You know, I always tell my clients there's a there's a logic side of things, and then there's a psychological side of things, right? And and the right decision has to come down to a combination of the two, right? So the mathematically right decision may not always be what's best for you because there's certain psychological factors we consider. I don't know. Both of you have far bigger and more impressive home gyms than me. Mine's very meager, you know, squat rack, power rack, uh, you know, leg back developer, whatever you want to call it and uh a little platform and a couple of bars and some weights i mean do you all have you benefited financially from either one of your home gyms
0: me uh, in the sense of i flipped weights pre covid for like 3 years like i built i built my entire gym essentially by flipping weights so like i've i'm maybe like out of my personal bank account like our our joint account i'm like Five hundred dollars. Started off, bought a squat, bought a cheap squat rack, bought some dumbbells, bought a Olympic set, and then I, my, 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 this is where my OCD kicked in. Is like I wanted a second Olympic set so I could have more weight, but I couldn't find one that matched, so I had to buy the one that I found, and then I did find one that matched. So then I flipped the one that didn't, and I was like, oh, I flipped this for like eighty dollar profit. So then every weekend for like three years, I made a couple hundred bucks because I would, you know, offer everyone in the world 25 cents a pound for their weights, even though they were listed at like 60 or 70 cents a pound. And then I would turn around and sell them for 60 or 70 cents a pound for years. Uh, So in that aspect, the gym equipment has made me money or broke me even. Um, My gym itself, no. Like I, all the money that I've made via my gym has been my hard work, not just my gym. So I'm, <laughs> I'm like 30 grand out of pocket for my gym and it's not made me anything.
1: Right. Right. And you're probably about yeah. the same, same big Kevin.
2: Yeah. So not, not quite as extreme. You know, I, I, have offset some of my costs with, uh, um, you know, flipping weights. Uh, you know, I did some of that, you know, the pre COVID and took advantage of the, the price hikes, you know, in, in 2020. Um, but I haven't really done a whole lot of that since then, but I've also really slowed down on, on uh, all my purchases. And I'm pretty sure Keith has a similar spreadsheet to me. We, we both have our, our, our crazy spreadsheets of like, you know, how much we spent on everything, how much we paid for it, how much it's actually worth now. And uh, I went and did the math for uh, calculating a, you know, a gym membership and driving to the gym every day for both me and my wife. And right now, if I don't spend any more money on the gym, we'll, uh, we started in 2018, we'll break even. On gym membership and gas money in like another two years.
1: Okay, nice. all right. So, so you you've made the case it's potentially logical. So I was going to say it's it's a financially mm-hmm. illogical move because you're buying you know thousands and, of dollars of say, equipment. You can easily do buy cheap. anything else for the next all two. Right. years. <laughs> right. So pro- probably not going to happen. Yeah. So borderline logical, but the psychology element, right? Mm-hmm. Not waiting for equipment. Like I said, I combine that with working from home. I can work out whatever hour of the day. You know, it works for me. Um, easy, right? You know, again, your kids get involved, your family gets involved. Uh, so definitely underrated for that that element, at least based on the psychology. Maybe, you know, in some fringe cases, even, even it is a good investment per se. But, um, yeah, got to do it.
0: Yeah, it's been the the best thing I've ever best decision I've ever made as an adult, I feel is starting a home gym. Like it's just it's yeah. paid off dividends psychologically if if not financially. So all right. So this is one of our relatively new segments we're going to move into here. So I've been asking the last few weeks now, I've tried kind to of been uh, prepared the uh the guest that was on to uh come up with some questions for the other host. Uh I think, you know, we had a couple, uh, this is the third time we're doing this. So I had some overrated, underrated, or was it smash or pass last week? And uh, uh, Kevin had some questions for us the week before that were kind of personal, uh, you know, to ind- individualize that is. So I'm very curious. Jeff said he had a, a litany of things. I think we got a you know, 20 minutes, half hour we can spend on this or, you know, the most if you want. So what do you got?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I got a few. We don't have to go through all of them. So I'll just, mm-hmm. I'll pitch I'll you with a couple overrated, uh, underrated of my own. And I'll start with Kevin. So, you know, big Kevin, this, this question kind of harkens back to your conversation here last week, where Mm -hmm. we learned that you worked at at NASA and the lab up there in Ohio. And so uh, I'm interested in your response to this question too, uh, just kind of based on your age and when this group was, was most popular, overrated or underrated 30 seconds to Mars. Oh,
2: that's that's a good one. Um, I I, I am a fan of theirs. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I'm a very casual fan of, but like, I do like that, that genre of music. Um, and I really probably only know a few songs, but like, if they came on, I would definitely recognize them. So just because I like them and I don't think that they're super well known, uh, I'm gonna have to say that they're, they're underrated. Underrated.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I like them. I don't follow them closely either. You know, yeah. they're again kind of in that genre that I can appreciate. Uh, but kind of were popular at a time when I wasn't digging around for a lot of new music. I had no idea that um, this is how much I know about him. I didn't know that it was Jared Leto's band.
2: Yeah, yeah. When when I first when I first saw that, I, I thought that was wild. I'm like, oh, it's like it's kind of interesting. He's getting into acting. He's like he, he got in like one movie, then he did another one and another one. And like, oh, well, maybe he shouldn't have. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Uh, I kind of kind of question on a similar vein for you here. Mm -hmm. overrated or underrated I'm sorry yeah I said Keith overrated or underrated John Denver
0: John Denver Uh, so yeah I mean yeah I gosh I guess overrated just because he has like the one song, you know, Country Roads" Take Me Home. But a lot of people outside of West Virginia, I think it's a lot of people in Maryland will claim that like if you listen to the lyrics, he's not actually talking about West Virginia. He's talking about like being in a, a state close by looking at West Virginia, if I remember right. So I don't know. Was he got like, uh, there's a few. Uh, I don't listen to any John Bender. So I'm going to go overrated in the sense that that was before my, I think my grandparents listened to John Bender. I'm like, maybe nobody. Yeah, overrated John Denver. Not a not a fan. I you know I'm not going to go to my way to put John Denver on a playlist, but you know I will listen to Country Roads if I ever hear it on the radio or you know it just you know harkens back memories of my youth because it's, they always played that after a, a West Virginia football victory they play that song. So, but even and so yeah, I can't ride two horses with one ass. So I'm going to go overrated.
1: So, so do people in West Virginia like that song in general, or or they hate? Yeah, song
0: that's essentially like the state song, or at least like. Yeah. So the cool thing about West Virginia is, at least where I grew up, like there's not a uh, there's not an NFL team, and there's only two big colleges uh, that would be West Virginia University and Marshall. Marshall is like yeah. maybe a tenth of the scale of its like reach as far as like fan base. So like basically. 90% of the state all root for one team, like one, like sporting team, which is really cool. Like I don't have that in, uh, in New York state, like at all, cause there's a few different colleges and everything. And it's just as a kid, I took that for granted growing. Like I didn't have, I I don't, I've never been able to re- recreate that as an adult, uh, having like one team that everyone in the like three surrounding counties are a fan of basically. So, uh, but yeah, he was that particular song is. that that one individual song is very much underrated him as a, uh, an overall Hmm. musician overrated, I guess.
2: Okay. Yeah. That's That's funny. I'm going to chime in on that one. Uh, uh, I almost think it's the opposite of that. I do love the West Virginia song, but it's definitely overplayed and, but I still love it. Uh, so I still think it's gotta be overrated. Uh, but I, I do think as an artist, he's, he's underrated. Uh, um my, my wife, her family, they, they love some John Denver. Um, and we won, uh, last year we, we drove all the way out from, from Ohio to Utah and we threw on some John Denver radio on, on Spotify and listened to that for like hours on, on the, those drives out. And like, he's he got some good stuff that I, I didn't know he had before and it's just, it's very different. I've never heard any other artists who are quite like him. He's part country, part like, opera almost and he's got some yodeling in there so he's all all sorts of different stuff but i i I like his stuff too
1: yeah interesting yeah i was wondering uh, we kind of have a a phenomenon here in jacksonville leonard skinner is from jacksonville and the song sweet home alabama is probably like that version of tree roads here play it at, at everything every jaguars game every sporting event every you know County fair, whatever, just all the time. And I hate the song. And it's pretty much ruined me for the band, which is an otherwise fine <laughs> band, because it just you know gets rammed down your throat for for your entire life. But uh anyway, all right. Do we want to hit another question for each of you or is that? Yeah, no, we're like say? I no, no, we're good. Right. I
0: I think let's let's keep it going. I just uh right. I'm I'm continuing. so I'll hit you. Mm-hmm.
1: I'll I'll hit you with a couple more. Uh me, Kevin. I've I've been to both of these places. And I want to know. I'm, I'm deciding which one I want to ask you about. Uh, and I think I'm going to you go give me your with over with that,
2: or if you want to go over under.
1: Okay. All right. All right. I, I'm coming up to see you, and we are going to one of these two places. Okay. Okay. You want to go to Cedar Point or the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame?
2: Uh, I I got I got to go towards the Cedar Point. Um, I think that it's just more of an attractions, more to do. Obviously, it depends on who you are and like. What you're actually coming for. Um, but I, I went to Cedar Point all the time as a kid. Uh, little known fact, they're actually in the, the town I grew up in. There actually used to be a smaller amusement park called, uh, oh, it, was yes, it was Lake for a while. Been there for a while. <laughs> then it was Six Flags and then Jogger Lake again. Cedar Point basically bought it and ran it into the ground. Um, SeaWorld was there for a while too. Uh, so that was wild. I grew up in this tiny little town, but actually had a, you know, Pretty reputable amusement park, um, which was basically Cedar Point Junior. Um, so, and even though we had that, we still went to Cedar Point, you know, at least once a summer uh, growing up. So, I, I, I would pick Cedar Point over the Rock Hall. The Rock Hall is pretty cool. Um, if, if you're a real music head, you would appreciate it. Um, but if I had to pick one, I'd, I'd go to Cedar Point.
1: Yeah, I think that's the right call. Uh, I like, I've been both, like I said, I like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it's fun. But if you are telling me a day of, you know, riding roller coasters and eating funnel mm-hmm. cakes versus listening to Aerosmith, you know, I think I am going to take. See your point. Hi, right, good. Hi, right. big Keith. So yeah, it's coming your way, this is a um, this is a recent recent development. So I am very curious to hear how this went. Maybe maybe you can tell us a little bit about it. Overrated, underrated? Uh, the Geek Squad. Oh, Jesus
0: Christ! So <laughs> there, this is. I haven't had my. I, I did get my phone back today. So uh my personal phone I have, a, I have a work phone and personal phone my personal phone uh the the battery life it it it, it fell in water i was washing dishes and like listening watching a youtube the other day like this was a few months ago and it definitely got completely submerged and i was able to get it out and it it was fine it still worked, but like the battery uh you know you can go into apple the your settings and i think my my battery's capacity was down to like 72% or something so you know it was dying in like an hour of turning it on or at least getting down to like low battery mode so it was just getting really annoying and, uh, I've never, I never had a battery get to that point that it was like that bad. So I was like, all right, let's, let's, you know, go to the Google machine. I was like, oh, for like 80 bucks and get a brand new battery. Like, awesome. So I, uh, I made the mistake of going to Best Buy and going to the Geek Squad instead of going to Apple. Uh, and they had it for, I dropped it off Saturday and I got it back Thursday afternoon. So she's like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll be able to order the battery today. It'll be here tomorrow or Monday at the latest. We'll, we'll get it to you Monday night, maybe Tuesday at the very latest. You know, I show up Tuesday just because I hadn't gotten a call, and I just wanted to put a you know touch base with someone because I don't even have a number you can call. And she's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, sorry, the you know it hasn't delivered yet, blah blah blah." blah. You know, I let a whole day go by. I didn't hear anything yesterday. I actually called today and ended up getting a one eight hundred number and talking to someone. that just you know, probably working from home as a call center person. And he was like, "Oh, I can send an email out to him and have him reach out to you." And I think it was just coincidence because then like. 20 minutes later, I did get an email saying my phone was ready. And then they had the audacity to be like in the email saying, please schedule a time to pick up. And then like the first available scheduled time to pick up with the Geek Squad was like tomorrow at like 7 p.m. And I'm like, no, I'm stopping by on my drive home because I was I was working in Buffalo and driving back to Rochester. Uh, and it just happened to be on my way uh, as I was going back to my office. So I ran in and grabbed my phone and Yeah. So now I have my phone back and I think I had about a hundred missed texts and, you know, seven missed calls. It was a, it was a lot to work through. So I'm glad I had my phone back. Uh, I was just, I was lucky that I have the luxury of having a a personal, sorry, a work phone. So I was still able to have full access to Discord and Instagram and Facebook and Messenger. So the the only people that called me or texted me are ones that people that didn't really just see, I had a story every day saying, Hey, I I don't have my phone. So I don't know why you're talking to me on here. (laughs) I not have my phone. So, Sorry to anyone that I didn't get back to in a timely manner, but I will never be going to Geek Squad again. I will be going to Apple Store directly.
1: So, who do they think they are? Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm glad you got your phone back. (laughs) That's working again. Appreciate it. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and those are my questions. I'll turn it back over to you.
0: Okay, guys. Well, I guess we'll bring this one on for a landing. Uh, But Kevin, anything else you wanted to, anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to cover or anything you want to mention? I mean, I'll, I'll kick it to you for where we can find you and all that in a minute, but just anything you wanted to, Uh, I mean, you think you, you think you had a call out to Joey that you were basically going to take over his position, right? That it was just me and you going forward and that Joey was uh, be Yeah, out? you know,
2: I think is, it, I think it just makes more sense. You know, we're uh, both American based. We, you know, uh, People can't tell our voices apart, so it'll be real fun for for everyone to try to figure out who we are. Um, but yeah, so maybe we'll, instead of unpaid down rate, it'll be Kevin and Keith's podcast.
0: I like it. I like. I feel that even if we did, like, I don't think we sound. I think we sound somewhat alike, but I talk a lot faster. So and that's something I've tri- I've been trying to work on. That I know I've, that was like a lot of negative feedback I got in the first couple episodes. I don't know if I have slowed down or not, but I don't know. I'm not gonna. I did my best, but I am who I am. So I'm I you know, you can only change so much and it's just, you know, if I'm forcing to talk myself, and if I'm forcing it, it's just not natural. So however, however I talk, it's just how it's gonna be. Uh what about you, Big Jeff? Did you do you think we covered everything you wanted to cover? Uh any 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 uh call outs or shout outs? Anyone you wanna talk shit about or any any uh any big, you know, pots you wanna stir?
1: Any other I just financial? I'm 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 the most hated man in the Discord, so I just go there and pair and it out.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So okay, guys. This is the Unpaid and Underrated Podcast. You can find us on Instagram there. We have a website where all our uh if you basically if somehow you don't have an app that has all the podcasts on it and you want to have a website directly, go to unpaid internpodcast.com. On there, it's got every episode we've ever done. It's actually got profiles from anyone who's ever been a guest. Uh it's anyone that's been a host. There's a little bit of uh, you know, everyone's everyone's pictures on there, so go check that out. And Big Kevin, where can we find you on Instagram? Or wherever they want you.
2: Kevin underscore RSG underscore 18.
0: Nice. We'll go follow him there. And he's past, post posts a lot of good lifting videos and some good uh home gym stuff every now and then. But you big Jeff, where where can we find you? And uh, any, anything anything you want to plug business related if you'd like?
1: Yeah, well find me at Dollars and Deadlifts on Instagram. And after you check out the unpaid and underrated website, if you want to check my website, it's create FP. And in fact, uh, this Friday. So by the time this comes out, should have an entirely redone, rebranded website that I'll be talking a little bit more about online as well. Nice. So,
2: yeah, go be sure to find that done by Tommy D Creative.
1: Well, that information is (laughs) pending, but I'll let you know soon enough.
0: Sounds great. (laughs) Speaking of Tommy D, uh, I was listening to an older episode here. Uh, It was um, basically they uh Tanner was uh one of the hosts was wrapping the other host's knees and uh basically they were zooming in on his crotch and saying hey we're 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 looking at the Tommy underscore D and it was just it was a <laughs> it was a plot on his, his Instagram handle it was it was pretty funny. I just butchered the uh, explanation of it but you can find me uh big Keith at Keith 73 if you want to follow my Orange Gym it's the no wine cellar but more importantly check out unpaid and underrated podcasts and uh ah you know we just ran out of time to get Big Matt on this week. So, I mean, I just, I don't know what's one of these days we're going to have to find, find time to get him on there, but it just wasn't this week. Uh, he's probably going to corner us at home, at, uh, at the Masonomics meet in July and just be like, get me on the podcast, you sons of guns. But, you know, until then, we'll just have to keep on, uh, trying him. And, uh, with that, we will see you guys next Tuesday. <laughs>